Welcome to the Long Overdue Podcast from Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. And we're here today talking about positive mental health in the new year. This is our first episode of 2019, so we thought this would be a great way to start. And our guest today is Kelly Jones from Wise Health System. And Kelly, I'll let you tell our listeners a little bit about um, what you do at Wise Health and what's going on there that would impact our positive mental well and emotional well-being. Okay. Well, I can really get going on this topic because <laughs> I'm really passionate about it. Perfect. I'm passionate about not only mental health, but about Wise Health System and how they have addressed it. Hmm. Um, I've, I'm the Senior Director of Social Services at Wise Health System. Okay. I've been there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. This past August was 10 years wow. for me. I started my career at our Behavioral Health Unit. Hmm which gave me an opportunity to really experience uh, mental health from a very acute, um, a very acute phase. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's interesting. Um, I then moved over to the main hospital and have been there, like I said, for 10 years. Through the course of my work there, I worked a lot in the emergency room. Okay. So I worked around a lot of first responders, mm-hmm. emergency room nurses, people that are exposed to what I call critical events right? Um, for, for quite some time. And that was probably where the journey to where I am today started in my mm-hmm. mind because of some things that I encountered there. We had a, um, a loss of a nurse in that department that really, uh, due to suicide, that really impacted not only me, mm-hmm. but many of our people in the emergency room. So it got my mind on the path of what can I do to to improve the emotional well-being of people who experience these kind of events mm-hmm. so frequently. Okay. So my career just kind of evolved. Like I said, now I'm the Senior Director of Social Services. Um, I have several social workers that work for me, both on the um, the part of the hospital that does all of the discharge planning and all of those things Mm -hmm. that you normally expect a social worker to engage in. But then I also have been able to start an an employee assistance program, EAP. Mm -hmm. And that is where I'm just so proud of the way Wise Health System gave me the support and the avenue to start that. But then it's been fascinating to see the differences that it's been able to make in the culture there at Wise Health System. Hmm. And I say a difference in the culture, um, and I'm talking about there's a lot of differences in the culture at Wise Health System going on, and so this is just one piece of Mm -hmm. that. Okay. So thinking about the corporate part of that, that Mm -hmm. employee assistance program, Mm -hmm. you work there, and so it was a lot easier for you to come in and set that up. Mm -hmm. What about other companies in the county? What if they wanted to do an employee assistance program? Well, I think that's a wonderful question, Don, because that is one of my that is one of my goals to be able to provide this um, this type service for other for other um, industries, and that's that's something that I certainly want to entertain conversation about. Mm-hmm. Um, it would involve obviously more than me in that conversation, but <laughs> it's it's a real possibility and it's a real option. 
Um, our EAP, I feel like, is such a robust program because I started, I started my focus on the um, the mental health of our employees through critical incident stress management. Mm-hmm. CISM. So I don't know if anybody's familiar with that term. It mm-hmm. is a uh, mental health or psychological first aid model that has been in use for many, many years. It started back in the 70s. Um, but it's a model that is used worldwide. It's a model that's used at the United Nations. It's a model that's used in a lot of different um, in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's like a first point of contact kind of care. And then we have all the way to in-depth counseling that we can offer. So a, a um, corporation could have the benefit of help with critical events, help with things that happen in the agency that aren't necessarily um, what we consider mental health related. They're event-related, a loss of an employee, or, mm-hmm. or you know, things that happen that, that cause, that create stress. So there's an opportunity to address people's needs across the continuum mm-hmm. of care in that corporate setting. Well, and before we came in, I was reading a little bit about uh, mental health, and mm-hmm. it's not just depression mm-hmm. and those things that are associated with um, an illness necessarily or critical events. It's mm-hmm. thinking positively mm-hmm. and you know working around those things. So it's something that we can all benefit from, not mm-hmm. just people who are in critical situations and so true and that so so i know kelly one of the things that that you're you just opened mm-hmm. the center for emotional wellness at wise health mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i i think that addresses exactly what don's talking about is the positive part of people who are emotionally mentally probably healthy but things that they can do to to stay that way right, to right. to increase that so mm-hmm. what are some of the things that that you work with people to do through that center um i know that's new it, so. it is relatively new and and i'm glad you brought that up pat because it is a new program that is not we actually haven't had the official opening yet okay. oh, so, so it's really new. coming soon very soon <laughs> The Center Wise Health System Center for Emotional Wellness. So we have myself right right now, myself and one other therapist that is um, mm-hmm. that is involved there, and we have the benefit of doing Brene Brown work, mm. just some of that um, self improvement, self empowerment um, kind of work. That that if you're familiar with Brene Brown, mm-hmm. that work mm-hmm. is just is just really powerful. Right. Um, so we're able to help somebody with anything as as minor as just needing some some skills in being more assertive, mm-hmm. some skills in being more uh, motivated, um, all the way to mm-hmm. people that have had okay. you know some really mm-hmm. difficult things. Okay. Um, so we've got the work of Brene Brown. I am an EMDR therapist. Tell us what that is. Yeah, I'm I'm very (laughs) excited about EMDR. So that stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. I 
think Megan mentioned this in their in our mindfulness episode. She may have just a yeah. month or two ago. Yeah. Okay, she may have. Mm-hmm. So I again, I I have to say thank you to the Wise Health System because they allowed me the path in order to get the training okay. to provide this. Um, it is a the easiest way to describe it is if you think about. When you go to bed at night and your eyes are doing that moving around, and we call it REM sleep, rapid Mm -hmm. eye movement, EMDR kind of emulates that. And so when you have things, let's say you have a desk filled with files, and this is just an example that I like to use because people can kind of relate to that. Mm -hmm. You've got all your files out here. You go home for the night. Somebody comes in there and picks up all those files and and categorizes them and puts puts them away for you so that when you come back into work in the morning, your desk is all nice and clean. Hmm. Well, think of your brain that way when you go to bed at night and everything is getting filed. And that's kind of what that, okay. that RAM is doing a little bit of that, filing mm-hmm. everything away. So EMDR is a method in which you can kind of pull one of those files out that got stored a little bit maladaptively, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pull that file, reprocess it, and then that file is put away nice and mm. neat. It's still there. Okay. So the event that you're reprocessing is still there. It's just the process helps take some of the um, emotional baggage out of it, okay. if you will. Hmm. So that's a very um, basic concept mm-hmm. of what EMDR is. Okay. EMDR.com is a great resource to learn more okay. about EMDR. It's a very... Um, uh, researched and studied mm-hmm. um, type of therapy, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of reading to be had on okay. the subject. Okay, but I'm very excited about it. It sounds like something that would benefit people with like PTSD mm-hmm. and that kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is process a, a memory that was traumatic. Mm-hmm. It is. I have used it for things as significant as PTSD. And then I've, I've used it for things that are as minor as just minor phobias or anxiety Anxieties. or, yeah, things like that, that maybe they don't even understand why they've got mm-hmm. this anxiety. We can kind of do some reprocessing, and I've really discovered that it's it's a great resource for, mm. for a lot of different things, mm-hmm. all the way up to, uh, and definitely including PTSD. Mm-hmm. So, quick question, thinking about all of this uh, and when the center opens, it, are these things covered through insurance typically? And if not, what what can a, a patient uh, what can the anticipate person paying? just come in and like what would they have to do to and, get these services? Okay. Well, at at, um, at the hospital, you know, we, we are able to accept insurances, and most insurances do cover EMDR as a type of treatment. It's it's kind of based on, you know, it's a case-by-case case as far as getting coverage for that. But because I'm part of the hospital system, we, are, we have the insurance contracts already in place, so we're able mm-hmm. to accept insurance plus Medicare and Medicaid. But then we also have a financial assistance program that that a client can go and um, if you meet the criteria for our financial assistance uh, assistance program at the hospital, then you would also meet it for our program. Oh, nice. Mm. So there's access for people with insurance, without insurance, or maybe with they're kind of underinsured, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. So we. One of my goals um, is to just really try to figure out a way to make sure that nobody, you know, nobody is blocked from services due right. to financial mm-hmm. constraints. Sure. So one of the question I had was uh, back to the employee assistance program. Mm-hmm. So if a, a company uh, in the area was interested in uh, 
doing that? Would they mm-hmm. contact you or do they contact the insurance company to see what the insurance company has? How is, would that work? Well, a lot of times your insurance companies will have a, uh, a an EAP that they, that they utilize. Um, Right now, because we haven't we haven't done this as far as my program in the past, I would suggest contacting me, okay. and then because there's there's a different ways that we can go about it. We can go about it on just a contract type basis, just strictly with us, and and kind of not going through um, the insurance. Um, so that would be my my first suggestion would be to reach out to us and let us just start seeing what the need is. Okay. And if it's a need that we can meet, then we start talking about, okay, how does this look? You know, how can we make this happen? Sure. Okay. So it sounds like some of the the sort of situations, kind of these critical incident Mm -hmm. situations would be in a case of something, an incident at a school, mm-hmm. and that you all would, would maybe go in and, and work with the staff, work mm-hmm. with the students there on a, on a temporary basis to work with the people that for kind of those immediate needs, but then right. going forward, whatever, you know, whoever needs that continuing kind of, kind of therapy or... Mm-hmm care of whatever mm-hmm. sort right is right. that is that the kind of thing that and and I, I probably couldn't have said it better myself because that's exactly what it is you know critical incident stress management is that getting people stabilized back mm-hmm. to their normal level of functioning mm-hmm. you know it's not a therapeutic relationship it's a crisis intervention mm-hmm. relationship but then it's also an opportunity to provide resources to people involved in that that You know, sometimes events are something that you can kind of process through and move on and you're good. Sometimes they have a little bit more sticking power Mm -hmm. or maybe they exacerbate problems that were already kind of there under the surface. Mm -hmm. So we are working with a few schools to be able to provide just that, to be able to come out there and help them them stabilize and and get the kids and the staff and and all those involved back to their normal level of functioning Mm -hmm. or their kind of their baseline level of functioning. But then also us get eyes on them and then kind of get eyes on mm-hmm. us too you know do they want to continue a relationship in a more therapeutic type setting okay and role great so it's a that's why i love cism because its goal is to kind of restore to normal functioning but it also gives you an opportunity to assess mm-hmm. and determine and to just make okay. people aware of what you know what help is out there okay well, we all know that the holidays are a stressful time, and we're just coming out of the holidays. So, what are do you have some suggestions just for general health and well-being that people can take as maybe a New Year's resolution that they really will keep, or uh-huh. something that's that's a, a a few easy steps that we can all kind of take to be starting the new year on the right track? Yeah. Well, I think that there are some just basic things that we can do to to self-care. You know, and self-care is something that you can let kind of overwhelm you because mm-hmm. if you if you think self-care means, okay, I'm going to get to the gym five times a week and I'm going to meditate for three hours and I'm going to do all this mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. then we can kind of set ourselves up for failure. Right. So I think self-care has to be realistic and our mm-hmm. goals for self-caring have to have to be really something that we can achieve. And maybe we set our goals small. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to walk for five minutes whenever mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little bit blue. I'm going to go and I'm going to walk for five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just that little bit of a, of a good brisk walk 
can do wonders to just kind of increase your mood in that moment Hmm. rather than saying, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week. Mm -hmm. Because that... When you when you set that goal, that's wonderful if you do it. But if you don't do it, then right. you've got guilt, mm-hmm. and, right? You know, we don't we don't need that piled mm-hmm. on top of the the Christmas uh, things that we've already dealt with. And so. once you start walking, mm-hmm. it motivates you to continue exactly. or to do exactly. more. So if you can do that goal, mm-hmm. it will motivate you to get to the gym maybe a little bit more and right. not necessarily not five times maybe a walk week. Ten but minutes but next time. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and celebrate the fact that you got out there and did that five minutes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because when we, when we have small victories and we, in, we acknowledge it and mm-hmm. we, we celebrate the fact that, oh, you know, I really didn't have time. I really didn't feel like it, but I did. I walked for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Then you are more motivated to walk for 10 minutes next time. Yeah. Not only then do you start seeing, you know, results in the way you feel, but you, you get that little burst of feeling good about yourself because you achieved your goal. Yeah. Rather than setting a goal that you don't achieve and you feel bad about it. Yes. So I think, and that's just one area of Mm self-care. You know, we are a being that is more than just a physical being. Right. So we have to care for ourselves and more than just going out and taking a walk. We have to have people that we can talk to. Mm -hmm. We have to have a way of of getting out all of the stuff that we, we kind of walk through our day onboarding and onloading all of these things we have to have to find a way to get those things out I'm curious how social media uh fits into this if our outlet oh, is <laughs> talking if we talk on social media versus uh-huh. talking face to face with somebody how is that different does it uh, accomplish the same thing well you know when you talk on social media the only unfortunate thing about that is you're putting yourself out there to whoever chooses to respond where when you you choose people that you trust with your heart to speak to one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that's a little bit, um, I don't have anything, I'm not going to say anything against speaking out and expressing your emotions on social media. Sure. But I think there's also a lot of health in just having those one-on-one intimate conversations with somebody that you trust and you understand kind of the feedback that you're going to get from that person, you know, mm-hmm. that it's going to be in your own best interests mm-hmm. rather than feedback that could be just kind of based on where the person, the other person is or those other reactions. So although I think there's strengths in both of them, mm-hmm. I really feel like intimate relationships with somebody where you have just one-on-one dialogue or one on, you know, a, a few people, I'm not saying you have only one person, but just is just healthier. So developing those kind of relationships Mm -hmm. are important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it's so important. And my husband and I know that sometimes we have to just really have those times where we just put it all out there. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you just, you feel better later, but you, I'm not going to put it all out there to a bunch of people Mm -hmm. who then are going to give it back to me in a way that it's like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, definitely. So, okay. And you also run the risk of having a person on your friends list that you haven't actually talked to in 15 years. I mean, you were friends in high school, but, mm-hmm. and then you put something out there. You've changed since high school. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. So and true. so you Thank can get goodness. a response back <laughs> that would probably just not be helpful. Could yeah. make mm-hmm. your situation worse. worse. Make you feel yeah. worse about yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. 
I think that, like I said, we are a being that is more than just a physical being. Mm-hmm. We're more than just an emotional being. So we have to kind of care for ourselves in, in, in a lot of different ways. You know, spirituality is something we have to care for, and that looks different mm-hmm. to, to everybody. Right. And so what that means to you, it's important to understand what that means to you and how to self-care yourself mm-hmm. in that. You know, mm-hmm. spirituality can mean anything from a prayer life to a nature hike to to whatever mm-hmm. feeds you spiritually. So we're a spiritual being. We're an emotional being. We're a physical being. So when you self-care, you have to kind of self-care in all of those different areas. Mm-hmm. And again, not setting yourself up for failure, but setting yourself up for success in mm-hmm. those things. So, you know, we're not going to commit to something that is... Sounds wonderful, but it's just going to be a real challenge to meet. Mm-hmm. So small steps and small steps, small things, and celebrate those up. small steps when you achieve them, and then those small steps, like you said, lead mm-hmm. to to bigger things. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about how we can set up a support system to encourage people in their in their goals and Mm -hmm. in those small steps i mean as a community and you know i mean i know that a family as part of a a group of friends exactly yeah Yeah, i think that's a great idea encourage each other in those small steps and help each other celebrate those small steps Mm -hmm. because i think that's something that we forget to do sometimes is to celebrate the little things Mm -hmm. right whether it's for ourselves or for our children or for our coworkers or for our spouses or, or significant others, mm-hmm. um, celebrate those small things. So creating, I love that idea of creating a community that helps support self-care and the small steps that we can take towards self-care. Well, I'm also thinking about like the community health initiative mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they are, um, as a community, we're working on uh, trying to work on health issues mm-hmm. specifically, you know, um, obesity and just, you know, positive right. things to address that. Um, so I don't know where I'm going with that specifically, but okay. it just kind of, you mm-hmm. know, brought that yeah. well, to the mind. Community needs assessment that, that was done. And I think it's done every two years, I want to say, or every certain period of time. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not positive on that date, but community needs assessment is done and and so taking that information and identifying um uh, action plans from that is something that the community health initiative is really Mm -hmm. um i really am am proud of that initiative Mm -hmm. because i think they're doing great things um there is information about that on the website um but one of the things that was identified in that in and you mentioned obesity that was one of the number one if not the number one issue that was um that was people were concerned about Mm -hmm. I, I am familiar with a study called the ACE study, A-C-E, and the A-C-E stands for Adverse Childhood Experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That study is fascinating because it has not only implication in mental health, it has implications in physical health as right. well, obesity, um, even as far as diabetes and, and high blood pressure and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting study to read, but it's an also a... Um, it's another tool that I use in my practice that helps me, you know, I, I do an ACE screening on majority of the people that I see that just kind of helps me see what adverse childhood experiences you may mm-hmm. have had that that we need to kind of work mm-hmm. on and talk about. Um, but it's, it's 
I found it fascinating because it does have so many of those long-term health implications. That I've, we can I've read a little bit at. about this too, and it's mm -hmm. really interesting because it's not something you think about. Um, I, I guess obviously you would think about um, these early childhood traumas as affecting someone's mental health, but not necessarily their right. physical health. Right. But it, it's all connected. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes we forget how our mental health affects our physical mm -hmm. health and mm -hmm. just how our experiences, how we, you know, it's all connected in there. Right. Yeah. It's been that's been an interesting result of of that study. It was a study done by the CDC and and mm. I think Kaiser per, per, uh, excuse me Kaiser Permanente partnered on that study back in the nineties. So mm. it's it's fascinating information, but it's information that has been very helpful in the community health initiative for us to understand how our experiences as children and and growing up affect our health. So our summer reading program uh -huh. is going to be um, it's going to be literary based, as in you know number of books read or mm -hmm. timed reading, which we've always done, mm -hmm. uh, and you know prizes for that. But this year we are also incorporating a health challenge. Okay, um, wonderful. That we are working with Fit and Wise to help uh, come up with physical challenges mm -hmm. and eating challenges that uh, can help in that part of their life also. Mm -hmm. And prizes will be We're awarded We're not talking for that. about eating cockroaches and things like oh, that. Oh, That no. kind of not fear factor eating <laughs> challenges, right? Okay. Just, eating just wanted challenges. to make that clear that we're not talking fear factor here. <laughs> I'm glad you right. clarified that. <laughs> that, was, that was where my brain went first when you said that. I was thinking man versus food. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely not going that route either. I, you know, I don't think we're going to have any a one pound donut and have oh him, him eat that. Uh, no, we're not going there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I no, can't. Thank you. Can't go there. Yeah. So anyway, that's I think a community thing that's helping mm -hmm. um, other people. And I know that AgriLife does the walk across Texas. Mm -hmm. They start that usually mm -hmm. in March, April, mm -hmm. and it's an eight week program to encourage people to walk. Um, and I don't know it if they really ha they don't really have any prizes. It's more bragging rights, but yeah, you get a team yeah. of people together. And um, I think the hospital has actually gotten had done that, and it, and it got pretty heated last mm. year, from what I remember. <laughs> the challenges going across the table and things, you know. So yeah, yeah. It's, it was great. Yeah, it's a great I effort. Think, I think so. that that kind of thing is one of those really nice accountability things mm -hmm. where you put a team together and. You encourage each other. You, right, you know, everybody right. on the team is, oh, man, I made it this far, and I know you can do that too this time, or, you know, we as a group need to get to this many miles or this many steps or whatever we're doing. So, And it's not just a business group. It's like right. if you want to make a, a team out of you, just you and your friends and mm -hmm. your, your mom and dad mm -hmm. or kids, you know, however you want, you can right. have up to eight people on a team. Right. So that is, that is a cool deal. Yeah. And I think, you know, people are motivated sometimes by competition, Right, mm -hmm. but then they're also motivated just by the support that they glean from mm -hmm. one another. So I think it's a great way yeah. to motivate people to to just start moving mm -hmm. to start that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and I think this coming year the the kickoff will be March thirtieth, which is our health fair. Mm -hmm. I think that's okay. going to be the official kickoff for Walk Across Texas this year. So. What a Lots better time to do on. that. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, and I think we're going to do something like that with our our summer challenge. Mm -hmm. um, 
again. So like that one's going to be ending and we'll be mm-hmm. starting a new one yeah, to right. kind of continue to motivate people. Yeah. So, and when I say walk across Texas, it's not just walking. If you push the lawnmower, mm-hmm. uh, if you swim, mm-hmm. if you uh, bike ride, all kinds of things, right. even cleaning house, if mm-hmm. you're active and moving for a certain amount of time will translate into right. miles walked right. basically. Right. So um, you can count that movement. So it's kind of like that idea that you don't have to think, well, if I, if I can't run, you know, 10 miles a week, then I'm not going to participate. Right. You can you can count just the, the things that you do, like you said, housekeeping and such. Mm-hmm. So we do probably um, have opportunity to move more than mm-hmm. just getting out and running 10 miles. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So what about some things like um, yoga and meditation? And It's interesting that you mentioned yoga because our EAP, our Employee Assistance Program, sponsors yoga at Fit and Wise two mm-hmm. times a week. So our employees have an opportunity to go over there and take a yoga class. Mm-hmm. It is um, the type of yoga, and I, I believe it's yin yoga. And if I'm wrong on that, because I always get mixed up whether it's yin or zen, but I believe it's yin yoga. Okay. And it's just basically good stretching and just kind of um, relaxation. It's really geared towards relaxa- relaxation, not necessarily um, exercise. Mm-hmm. But that has been so well received, and people love the idea of just doing something to just kind of stop mm-hmm. and take a breath and, and uh, relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. We are such a stressed mm-hmm. out society so much of the time. We're all, it, we're just we really busy. have to be real intentional mm-hmm. about stopping and breathing for a minute. Mm-hmm. So that's been very well received with our um, through the EAP. We also encourage people to to do some kind of meditation, and maybe meditation is a word that um, that challenges you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think about, you know, meditation can also be, you know, just stopping and relaxing, stopping and being in the moment. Um, There's a lot of ways of thinking of that without it being like like meditation. But there's some apps on your phone that are great tools to use to just kind of stop and be present in the moment. Mm -hmm. Mindfulness is all about taking a moment to not focus on the 10 things you've got to do or the 10 things that happened yesterday, but to be in this moment Mm -hmm. and to just stop and breathe in the moment. So there's great apps on your phone that you can use to do that. Our EAP really focuses a lot on mindfulness. Our Christmas card this past year was um, have yourself a mindful little Christmas. (laughs) Because I think that sometimes we focus too much on the the 10 things we've got to do or the 10 things that we did yesterday and that we wish we'd have done differently or whatever mm-hmm. instead of just being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's played a, a very um, strong role in our EAP and it's been so well received and we've seen such great, we've seen such great benefit in our employees at the hospital that's having good. access to these kind of, of uh, tools. And how long have they been... Um have had, had had have had access, I guess. Is the it? EAP has been in in existence for about two years. I want to say. Okay. Um, we have had access through insurance um, at the hospital through you know being able to call the eight hundred number through mm-hmm. the insurance provided for longer than that. Um, so this is just another way to we and, and they still have that. Uh, this is just another way to to make sure that those employees um, all feel like they have options available to them. So the EAP has been in existence about two years. We've been sponsoring um, yoga for probably six or eight months, something like that, mm-hmm. kind of okay. partnering with with Fit and Wise on that. 
and uh, that's just that's mm-hmm. just been very well received. And I think it's just a you know it's just a cool thing to just get to go over and you know Yen Yoga is one that if you're wearing scrubs or if you're even what I'm wearing uh, now, you could still go over and participate. So it's not a real nice. oh I have to go to the gym and change my clothes and put my hair up and and do all of these things to get ready. You can just kind of walk in there and spend a little bit of time uh, breathing and relaxing and doing some good stretching. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Well, you. As, as we talked about some of those um, self-care things, you mentioned mm-hmm. a few things to not do, mm-hmm. to you know, set your goals too high. Are there mm-hmm. other things that, that would be things we would want to avoid or things that we would want to work around and, and try to, to mm-hmm. address differently mm-hmm. that, that, that maybe would be positive steps for, for just easy positive steps for people? Okay. One of the things that I like to talk to people about is we all have coping skills. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those coping skills are lifelong great coping skills. Sometimes they're ones that kind of helped us in the moment, but mm-hmm. maybe they need to be reevaluated. Okay. So I think taking time to reevaluate what are my coping skills? How do I cope with stress? Did that serve me well back then, but maybe now it's not serving me mm-hmm. so well? So I think taking a, a moment to, you know, the first of the year is a good time to start looking at when stressful things come, what coping skills do I have in place that I can use, and what coping skills have I used in the past that maybe didn't serve me so well or don't serve me, you know, may not serve me well in the future. Mm-hmm. So I think reevaluating your coping skills is a good okay. thing to kind of keep in mind. Um we talked about that that when you set yourself up for failure, you know, with these with these lofty goals that mm-hmm. sound wonderful, but that are a little bit, right. um, you know, being mindful of those things is is important. Uh, I've learned and I try to do is think of things in the positive instead of the negative. Mm-hmm. So uh, instead of saying. Um, it's more of like when you talk to your child mm-hmm. and you tell your child to go when you they got in trouble, go in your room and think about mm-hmm. what you did. Mm-hmm. They're focusing on mm-hmm. the negative. Mm-hmm. But you should say, go to your room and think about what you should have done mm-hmm. because what then they're going to think definitely. about the positive mm-hmm. part and, and how they could have handled that instead of focusing on the negative. Mm-hmm. So like if I want to lose weight, instead of focusing on losing weight, um, you know, I'm going to eat, um, you know, healthy meals. And that, mm-hmm. that talks about the... Um, the small steps. So right, right. maybe I'm going to have a green vegetable at my meal, every mm-hmm. meal, or you know something like that. Um, so saying it more in a positive way mm-hmm. instead of saying it in a negative way. Well, and I love that you're thinking along those lines because I think that we we can tend to have such negative self talk, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and that is so powerful on us. And I I talk in the in my in my office with people. And when I hear them say things like, oh, that was so stupid, you know, I just think, okay, if I was if I was there with you, would you tell me, oh, you're so stupid? Would you say that to me? No. And most of the time people would say, well, no. Uh, well, then why would you say that to yourself? Mm-hmm. Or why would you treat yourself that way? So I encourage people to treat themselves as positively and as lovingly as they would you know, their dearest friend or somebody mm-hmm. they, they truly love and care about mm-hmm. because we should truly love and care about ourselves. And uh, um, positivity is a powerful, 
part of loving ourselves, mm-hmm. thinking positive rather than thinking the negative. And I think it's not a conceited thing right. to say that either. Right, mm-hmm. right. So it's, well, I think it can be. <laughs> I was going to say, there's probably a line there. Yeah. Yeah. Like every morning be like, I'm the most I beautiful. The yeah. yeah. I love myself. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. No, <laughs> no one can live up to this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, there's, there's a line there somewhere. <laughs> I do think that that uh, positive or like, positive self talk is so important. I remember when the boys were when my boys were in school, and and this was just an example that I kind of think about. But they they didn't like this particular class. It was algebra, and they just weren't crazy about algebra. And so they would say, you know, the things like, "Oh, I hate I hate algebra," you know. And I would tell them sometimes you have to just not say those negative things because when you say those negative things then your body hears that message and so every time somebody says the word of algebra your body just slumps mm-hmm. and you just immediately get this sense of Ugh. instead of if you would if you would present it in a more positive way you know kind mm-hmm. of find the positives in it then when you say that word then your body doesn't have that immediate negative reaction to it yes yeah and if you think about it you mm-hmm. can feel that Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're paying attention to your oh, body, yeah, your shoulders drop, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you definitely can feel it, and somebody can see it in you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it reminds me too of being at the swimming pool, and you know, moms will yell, "Don't run!" But you're reinforcing the run. Uh huh. That's the last word they hear. Hmm. So it's like walk, right? So that's what they're hearing, and it's yeah, kind of being reinforced exactly. in their mind. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. years ago, as a children's librarian, you know, I learned the term "walking feet," "walking feet," uh-huh. instead of "stop running." Yeah. Nope, <laughs> "walking feet." Yeah, inside voices. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All those kindergarten teacher tricks. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, so many of those tricks serve us well all throughout our lives mm-hmm. don't they? those things that you learned when you were in kindergarten right <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and they're little things and uh-huh. if you can remember to do them they really can make a, mm-hmm. a big difference i think yeah in your mental health yeah so yeah. is there any other tips and tricks uh, let's see the self I, I like to think of the two concepts and i tell people in my office self-aware and self-care like in my situation, I know fall is not one of my favorite times of year, and mm-hmm. it comes the same time every mm-hmm. year, so I can plan for it. <laughs> so I know, okay, Kelly, fall is coming. What are you going to do to self-care during that time hmm. to kind of, you know, circumvent those those feelings that I get? So if you're not self-aware, if you don't know what your challenges are or maybe your triggers or things that kind of make you feel less less wonderful, Mm -hmm. then how can you take care of them? Mm -hmm. You know, so the more you get in tune, the more self-aware you are about the things that that upset you, then you can have a plan to to tackle those little things. So I have a plan. In the fall, I know that I've got to up my self-care game a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I've got to, you know, be intentional about some things. Um, And it's just one of those things that has made a huge difference in fall. Now fall is not quite so bad anymore. Fall is, uh, yeah. you know, it's something that I've had to kind of learn mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. But it's that self-aware. If I'm not aware of why I'm feeling that way or, you know, what's going on, then mm-hmm. how, can I, how can I self-care? So I tell people just remember those two big concepts, self-aware, self-care. When, you, when you're aware of your challenges 
or the things that that bring um, concerns to you, then what are you going to do to up your self-care game in that, to take care of that? Kelly, do you have some suggestions for us about how we could be more self-aware? I'm thinking as one way would be to, to... journal mm-hmm. to write to down mm-hmm. things and kind of then, then go back and pay attention to what you what you had yeah and, it yeah. all sounds so daunting it's like uh-huh. how does one begin to unpack something that they've learned and have done to themselves for mm-hmm. decades right right and so it's like what are the small steps that you have to take to, yeah. to start mm-hmm. that journey mm-hmm. i do think journaling is a great thing um when you let's say you've landed yourself in a place where you're just feeling a little bit down if you start kind of tracing your steps backwards okay what happened yesterday what happened the day before what happened the day before and to see if you see any kind of patterns of things that that can tell you in the future okay whenever i start isolating myself the eventual result is that i I start getting kind of down Mm. So just kind of tracing back to what mm-hmm. kind of what kind of symptoms you're seeing in yourself before it gets to that point of really mm-hmm. being down. Um, so I think journaling is a great it's a great thing that you can go back and read and you can kind of see that path mm-hmm. that you took maybe last time you were experiencing that. But then it's also that great way of like I talked about earlier, just getting that stuff mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So journaling is a is a great tool. I've it's one of those things that I do for about five days and then don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, decide I'm going to do it again mm-hmm. and I do it for about five days and yeah. don't do it anymore. And it's but one of those things just maybe like it's exercise. Maybe it's one of those things that I think I expect too much of myself to, oh, I should write this much and I should write all about that. And, right. And instead of just jot down whatever and then mm-hmm. leave it. Right. Come back to it when I get back to it. Yeah. Journaling can be as little as scribbling down a few angry words all the way (laughs) to writing a novel. You know, Mm -hmm. it can be anywhere in between. And we don't have to set ourselves up to, if I don't do journaling right, then I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to have a bullet journal kind of thing. Right. It's all beautiful. Thank goodness. bullet journals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Denise and I experimented with bullet journals, and they didn't go very far. (laughs) So for one thing, it's bullets, you know, that just, yeah. that just didn't fit the uh-huh. pattern for uh-huh. us, but yeah, you know, anyway. And, and maybe it's as little as drawing some pictures, you know, mm-hmm. when we want, when we want children to right. be able to express themselves, we, we give them some paper and let them draw. And sometimes maybe we need to just, you know, maybe our journaling is as little as, you know, drawing a sad face. <laughs> That's how I feel today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's it's just like that self-care thing, just like the exercise, just like the eating right. You can set yourself up Mm -hmm. with these lofty goals, and if when you don't meet it, then you feel kind of like, oh, I failed at journaling too. Well, because you, (laughs) I'm never going to be self-aware. I feel because you have you have a a, an idea about journaling that's Mm -hmm. just not correct, right? Well, and I think it it kind of brings into the mindfulness also, Mm -hmm. because if you're focused for just a few minutes on drawing a small little picture in your journal, Mm -hmm. that's going to kind of refocus you to be in that moment, Mm -hmm. Um, or even writing a few words, you know, it could Mm -hmm. help too. Yeah, grounding techniques are so Mm -hmm. important when somebody's having like anxiety or something like that, and and that, that... exercise of drawing a picture is in somewhat a grounding technique Mm -hmm. one of the things that i do in my office when somebody is really experiencing some anxiety Mm -hmm. is i'll give them a little ball and let them just toss the ball Mm -hmm. up in the air 
And it's just a basic grounding technique. It gets you out of the things, you know, because anxiety is all about what's going to happen or what did happen. Mm-hmm. It's all about your mind racing other places. So if you can do something that just kind of grounds you in that moment, like drawing mm-hmm. the picture in the journal or tossing a ball, um, then it just kind of helps the mind just stop and, and be present where you are. Mm-hmm. So some other things that um, have been going through my mind also is how food is uh, an important part mm-hmm. of our mental health. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're skipping meals and mm-hmm. those kind of things, I had never heard the term hangry until <laughs> a year or so it's ago. It's real. Yeah, it really is real. Very real. Mm-hmm. And I love like, those Snickers commercials where, uh-huh. you know, the Tina Turner You're just thing. not yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, don't be such a diva. Yeah. You know? um, but it has to do with your blood sugar, mm-hmm. and it's a real thing inside your body. And, um, and they even say, don't go shopping, any kind of shopping, not just food shopping, when you're hungry because mm. you'll spend more money. Um, so, yeah, don't go clothing wow, shopping or anything. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's another thing as far as, you know, sometimes you may be not feeling yourself and realize that self-awareness, oh, I, I mm-hmm. haven't eaten in a while because we do get busy. And, um, you know, that could be something to focus on if that's an issue for you. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so. that's starting at the most fundamental level, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. of, okay, are my ma- basic needs met right now? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am mm-hmm. I in pain? You know, and and rule out those things first. And if those are the issue, then, then you can take care of those in a pretty, you know, for the most part, a pretty easy way. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It's Maslow's hierarchy mm-hmm. of needs. Basically. It's a real thing. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes. Um, we've been talking uh, some. You've talked some about people that you see in your office, mm-hmm. and we've talked some about self care and things that we can do. So, how do we know when we need some a professional to to talk to instead of? We're doing okay with those mm-hmm. things that we're doing mm-hmm. for ourselves. Mm-hmm. How do we know when we're at that point? Well, I think that's a good question, and I think that's one of those things that you have to listen to the people around you a little bit mm-hmm. because sometimes um, your relationships with other people will kind of be your your indication that okay, I'm mm-hmm. you know my I'm I'm isolating myself, or people are isolating from me, you know, okay. or you know my significant other, or my spouse, or somebody has has said, you know, hey, are you okay? And, mm-hmm. and so really listening and getting in tune with the people around us, um, observing our own behaviors, you know, that self aware concept. If you're a person who really likes to engage in social activities and mm-hmm. really likes to have a, a you know a robust social life. And, and you're just not finding much interest in that anymore, mm-hmm. you know, those are all things to just really be mindful of. Um, you know, if you're a person who normally would look forward to certain events or certain times of the year, and all of a sudden you're, you're realizing that they just don't seem to provide as much joy to mm-hmm. you as, as they used to, um, those are all things that, you know, that can kind of indicate, okay, I want to be my best self, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I'm my best self right now. So how can I, how can I get back to being my best self? Okay. And sometimes that may mean, you know, maybe it would, maybe it would be helpful to coming in and talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what just speaking those words mm-hmm. to people does to just kind of take away its power. You know, when you when you right. speak things out loud to somebody, the things that are, you're struggling with, 
it tends to take away a little bit of its power. Hmm. So what would you what would you say because you know as far as like the stigma mm-hmm. of trying to get care and mm-hmm. you feel like you're doing okay but there may be some issues like that and mm-hmm. uh, I know that there's there's a big deal about I, the way people think about yeah, it. Yeah, and I think it it's not just like the mental illness aspect. I think even the term self-care mm-hmm. has gotten a lot of negativity behind it just because it seems selfish mm-hmm. yeah okay <laughs> so even like something from that part all the way to having a, a mental health illness or an issue mm-hmm. like it seems like there's a lot of just kind of negativity yeah. on that yeah self-care and i and i you know that i hate that 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 self-care does have a negative but mm-hmm. but i i see what you're saying people feel like they're being selfish if they put their own you know mm-hmm. their own needs, needs. And 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 I think that I, I, I feel like you're not putting your own needs ahead of anybody else. You're mm-hmm. just you're just understanding that if you're if you're not the best self, then you're not going to be the best self for anybody else either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just such a simple thing that they talk about on airplanes. When the oxygen mask drops, you've got to put it on yourself mm-hmm. before you can help somebody else with theirs. And I know that that gets you know that's that analogy gets used a lot, but there's so much truth in it. Mm-hmm. If you're not you know, doing the things to to make you the best self that you can be, then you're not giving other people your best self. And we want to be our best self for ourselves, but also for the people around us that we love. I think a lot of times we we think about the golden rule about doing to others as you would have them do to you, mm-hmm. and we focus mm-hmm. on the doing to others mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not the oh, some you know there are things that I need, there are things that that help me to be a better person. Right. And, you know, we don't, we don't think about that part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so encouraged right now, though, that I feel like some of the stigma on talking about mental health is lifting to some degree, mm-hmm. and I hope that that continues in that trend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think things like this, just having conversations about it, are going to continue that trend of, of realizing that it's not something that we have to keep secret or or just can mm-hmm. you know hush hush talk about, but it's it's a real thing. And the more you talk about it, the more awareness is is out there. The more preventative we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, the stigma is is lessening a little bit. Mm-hmm. And yes, I want to I want to so you know I want to really encourage that that trajectory because I'm encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I'd like to mention, too, is that, you know, sometimes when um, we're dealing with other people and they snap at us or they Mm -hmm. do things, um, I think it's very important that we don't think that it's our issue necessarily. Mm -hmm. It could be something that has happened to them that they're dealing with at that time. Maybe they're tired, they're hungry, and their needs are not being met. So, you know, for our mental health, not to put that burden on ourselves Mm -hmm. either that we need to think about other people, I guess, in that instance, too. Right, just kind of understanding where they're coming from rather than taking it personally. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And thinking about people who are close to us, when we see see other people who are close to us that we think, you know, they're just not being themselves. How can we help them? Like, you don't want to say, "Oh, you're you're sounding crazy. You need mm-hmm. to go talk to somebody." Right. I mean, right. we don't want to approach it like right. that. How do we, how do we talk to somebody yeah. who we think is, you know, 
maybe they do need some something more than just whatever they're able to do for mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess my my initial thought is be ready for that. Mm-hmm. So if you ask somebody how they're doing mm-hmm. and they truly tell you how they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, are you asking how you're doing because you just want to pass the the right. time as you pass them in the hall or whatever, or do you truly want to hear? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to do a check with yourself and see first, do I, you know, do I really want to have those conversations? Mm-hmm. And then if you do, I think it's just, um, you know, finding out how that person would would best hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of have to, I know how I would best hear somebody's concern for me, but mm-hmm. that's me, mm-hmm. you know, so understanding how somebody else would best hear that concern. So asking somebody while they're in the midst of doing something with their children or they're in a public place or something, mm-hmm. you're, that's right. not going to necessarily be the, ba- right. the best way. So kind of understanding that person and then creating the environment for it, mm-hmm. for it to kind of happen organically, you know, just mm-hmm. creating those opportunities, mm-hmm. giving space to people to just share how they're feeling right. and being well, being ready and willing to hear it. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to somebody, if you're... If you've asked them how they're doing and then they start sharing and then you're looking at your watch or you're yeah. watch, you know, you're kind mm-hmm. of going, Oh goodness, I didn't realize we were gonna, you know, have this mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. now, then then, you know, you've kind of shut that down. So right. be ready, be willing and be um, aware of of how you know, how they're best going to communicate with mm-hmm. you and just kind of being in tune. People are you know, there's people walking amongst us all the time that are that are hurting. Sure. And and we have to give space to that when we can. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'd, I'd like to just talk on for just a second, sure. if I could, is the first responder world. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I, when I started looking at the, t- the statistics, sorry, I can't get that word out, <laughs> um, of of the challenges that first responders face and and the the wear and tear that it has on their emotional health mm-hmm. was just it was just really alarming to me and so i've really wanted to encourage and i'm i'm so excited that this stigma is lifting a little bit because this population definitely feels that stigma mm-hmm. um so i want to encourage um that stigma to continue to lift so that people who are in those fields that are expected to see and do and be okay no matter what understand that that it's not normal to see and do and experience Mm -hmm. everything that they experience and to know that it's okay to to reach out and say okay this was pretty challenging how Mm -hmm. can i how can i you know do something to be my best self after having to deal with that so at the Emotional Wellness Center, I really am, am pushing towards, and I feel like there's a, a going to be a great opportunity for, for free treatment for first mm. responders. Okay, nice. So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, EMDR is a great method of treatment for first responders because it's not necessarily all about sitting there and talking about your feelings. Mm-hmm. It's about really reprocessing some of those things that you've mm-hmm. been exposed to. So I just wanted to take a moment for us all to remember, you know, the people in the world that are you know, whether you're military or you're an ER nurse or you're mm-hmm. a first responder or you're law enforcement, whatever, right. that they're not above the challenges that these things pose. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a resource, resource right. for that. I have um, family history uh, with that. My parents were volunteer mm-hmm. firefighters for 18 years mm-hmm. uh, growing up. So um, 
yes, there was uh, two different things that they were on. One was the quick response unit, was the medical mm-hmm. unit, and then the fire department. And so, you know, car accidents and those kinds of things, uh, my parents would respond to. Mm-hmm. And and I remember that there was there was one, and my dad quit. Yeah, he's like, I just it was too much for him yeah. to handle. Yeah. Um, my mom came uh, ended up becoming a nurse and oh, okay. you know doing that mm-hmm. kind of stuff uh-huh. and got her EMT license and uh-huh. stuff but uh, and my dad remained on the fire department okay but um, yeah I can understand that mm-hmm. that there's they see stuff mm-hmm. and and then they've been in this culture that says you just you just keep going yeah you, you don't just stop it out yeah, yeah you just tough it out mm-hmm. and you just keep going uh, and instead of you know taking the opportunity to you know like I said we we onboard all this stuff we got to take the, op- the opportunity to offload it or off you know to to process through these things and they they oftentimes have a call that they work and it's challenging for them and then they just go right on to the next one you know and so they don't mm-hmm. have that opportunity to really um, you know process through that stuff so so one question for you then you mm-hmm. said that this was going to be a, a service that they could come at no charge and so mm-hmm. does that include volunteers as well as paid responders. Well, I think in you know, and and I'm glad you asked that um, because I think that's a concern because most of our a lot of our communities around here are mm-hmm. volunteer. Yeah. That's probably the majority of, of our fire departments that you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I shouldn't say majority because I really don't know, but I know that there's a lot of volunteer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and my initial answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there's going to be any distinction between those. Okay. Um, because it's not going to be based on their insurance that they receive at their job or anything like that. So mm-hmm. my initial reaction is yes. Okay. As the emotional center opens, then I'd love to, you know, maybe solidify some of these things and really sure. be able to 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 give hard and fast yes. This is the answer. Right now, these are my goals, and these mm-hmm. are the goals that so far I have not met any resistance to. Okay. And and I see a clear path to meeting all these goals. Any other questions for Kelly or Kelly? Do you have anything else you wanted to touch on in our conversation? No, nothing else that I can think of. I appreciate this opportunity to talk about this subject that I that I am very passionate mm-hmm. about, and I'm so thankful that our that our library is doing things to engage the public in these conversations that are that are necessary and valuable conversations. So I want to say thank mm-hmm. you so much to to Decatur Public Library for bringing this topic um, to some awareness. Well, you're so welcome. Thank you very we appreciate much. we appreciate you coming and taking the time to to be on the podcast. Well, so, I have enjoyed okay. it. If mm-hmm. uh, someone wanted to contact you, mm-hmm. how would they go yep. about doing that? Website, email. The Wise Health System website does have a link on there that will take you to, I believe if you put in the search box, Counseling Services, it'll take you to the Emotional Wellness Center website. Um, There's also a phone number, um, 940-626-3923 or 626-2482 that you can contact. Okay. So I would like to say that... um, this is a topic that is not just for our community. I think this could be, oh, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. used in a lot of communities. So this is Decatur, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But that's if right. you're you know, listening. <laughs> that's so true. It applies. Right? Yeah. Thank you so, so much, Kelly. All right. Thank you for having me. And this has been the Long Overdue Podcast. Thanks for listening.